I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. I know what you do. I know um, the struggle it's been lately, recently, if you have children and you're in the home and they're screaming and having to homeschool them, and I'm, I'm with you on all that, and I know God is giving us the grace that we need, the strength to get through these times. So moms, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. God bless what you do. You are sowing in to a generation, and God sees you. He is giving you grace for every day. So God bless you, moms. I'm going to speak to you today from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading in the Passion Bible because I just, it's a newer translation for me, and I just love the way that it puts certain verses or translates certain verses. I'm going to start in verse 5, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. It says, We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ, for we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, can you relate? We're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity, so that death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him, and together we will all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an ever greater increasing praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So no wonder we don't give up. For even through our outer person, gradually it wears out. Our inner being is being renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen as temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Wow, there's so much in that, those verses in that chapter. And what I want to do is I want to start at the end. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 4.18, and I'm going to read this verse from the NIV, the New International Version. It says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. So what is seen? 
the scene, everything we experience day to day, the natural world, the things you can see with your physical eyes, those are the temporary things. They're brief, they're fleeting, they don't last for eternity. But what is unseen, those are the eternal things, the everlasting things. That's where we put our focus. This is where God wants us to get to, to seeing with spiritual eyes, seeing the unseen, and not just taking every day, soaking in what you see, living life, going through the motions, getting through day by day, and just focusing on the temporary. Because God has so much more for us than that. There is a spiritual realm we can't even see with our eyes. It's a supernatural spiritual realm. There are things happening in the spirit. There's movement, activity of God. And it's exciting when you think about where we are in the clock of time. The coming of Jesus Christ is closer than ever before. You can sense his coming. You can see the details falling into place of preparing us as his bride to get ready for his coming. So these are exciting days, and God wants us to be fixed. He wants our eyes to be focused. The word fixed means consider, look, to zero in, to center on things. So we are going to focus on the things God focuses on. What is God's heart? That's, that's what he's trying to reveal to us in this time, we're living in a time where we're in isolation, we're quarantined. And I can see how God is using this time to prepare his bride, to get us ready. Who would ever have thought that we would be stuck in our houses for weeks and weeks, everything's closed down, even the churches had to shut doors, at least the inner doors, um, all the worldly systems are shut down. You can't go to the hairdresser, obviously. You, everything is shut down. God is using this season. Even though God did not bring this disease upon us, he's, he knows how to turn those horrible things into good and bring good out of it. And God has a plan for us in this time. He's pouring into his people a new passion, a new hunger for him, a new... Uh, fervor to just persevere for him. There's so much I believe that he's pouring into us each individually as we are shut in. You know, you, you think about verses where the Bible says you go into your prayer closet and you shut the door. Well, we've been shut in our little homes for weeks now. And for some, I think for all of us occasionally, we, we feel pressure. We feel weighted by that. But God is in this, and this is an encouraging word that I want to bring to you today, that God is in this season, that he's doing a work. And what we need to do is just keep our focus, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, keep our focus on what he's doing and what he wants and what he wants to do through us individually. So when you think of the unseen things, you think of, eternal things, things that last, things that are beyond the here and now. And, and what is that? I believe that part of that is what Pastor Calvin, my husband, preached last Sunday, the kingdom of God, to focus on his kingdom. Matthew 6, 33 in the NIV tells us, but seek 
First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In 634, I want to read that part from the Passion. It says, Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So let's just think about that for a moment. We're seeking the kingdom. We're seeking God's heart. We're asking him, God, what do you want to do with me, through me? What, what do you want me to, who do you want me to pour into? What, what plan do you have for me? And he's saying, my, my plan is just seek me, seek me, seek my face, seek my vision for you. And as we do that, we get a peace knowing, hey, God's in charge here. It might seem like the world is out of control because what's affecting our nation now is literally affecting the world, but God is in control. He has his hand over the earth. I see it in the spirit. I just see his sovereign right hand in control. Nothing is out of control because God's in charge. So he's saying, seek me, seek my kingdom, seek out what matters to me. And I can tell you, as you start to do that, you gain an inner peace that you didn't have before. For me, some of the things personally that I try to do, it's a ministry that God has planted in my heart, and it's making cards. It's also therapeutic because doing the crafty things is just therapeutic for me just to calm myself down and focus on, you know, putting something together and um, so I pray and I say, God, lay someone on my heart who you want to minister to. And then I just sit down at the blank page of the card and I just, I feel like I'm just getting downloads from God as to what to put on the card, what message to write, little stickers I use to, to, to put on there, little messages like, you know, you are wonderfully and awesomely made, you are powerful, you are beautiful, whatever, because most, I mean, I think all of my cards go to women unless it's someone who's grieving or that kind of thing, but it's been told to me that it's an encouragement when the receiver receives the card because it's not really what I placed on the card. It's the Holy Spirit ministering through those words, and you see how simple ministry is, just having the heart of God and say, God, you know, use these hands, use this heart, use this mouth as a mouthpiece. And in little things, God will use you if you're seeking his face, you're seeking his kingdom. And then I like 634 in Matthew where it says, refuse to worry about tomorrow. Wow, don't we need that message in this time we're living in? Because we don't know what's going to happen next week. I mean, our county is not even open yet. And we thought it would be like with the rest of the state of Florida, but it's not. And it's like every day you turn on the news, they're saying something different. You don't know what to expect. So it does have a tendency to stir up an anxiety. But the word tells us, and that's where we always go. We run to a refuge, as a refuge to the word. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. So that can bring peace as well. Just seek God, seek his kingdom, and let him bring a peace to you. Our eyes are fixed on him. We're thinking about unseen, eternal things. Um, part of, I believe, part of what the unseen is, 
when you're thinking of the kingdom of God and building his kingdom, immediately comes to my mind is the harvest because the time clock that we're in coming to the end of all ends where, where God is about to bring this to a close, um, we think of his harvest, that he's wanting to reach as many souls as possible. He's not willing that any should perish. So knowing God's plan, his heartbeat, his heartbeat is souls. So if his heartbeat is souls, our heartbeat has to be souls. And so even if you're sending a card, if you're making a phone call to bless someone, the little things that you do, think about the harvest. Ask God to put the harvest on your heart. Ask God to to help you to know who he wants you to minister to and how he wants you to minister to them. Um, I want to read from Matthew 9:37. It says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to thrust out laborers into the harvest. So, you know, we could pray that and say, Oh, God, 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 send out harvesters to the harvest. And he will be pointing his finger right at you. Well, you're the one. You're the one that I've chosen. You're the one I want to send because none of us who are believers are exempt. And really, that's how this message came to life because the Lord started speaking to me in that area because he started bringing to mind all the people that have poured into my life. And it's emotional because... You know, I think of just normal, everyday people that God used in my life profoundly. And some of them really never even knew it. My first Sunday school teacher, she poured into me. She gave me a Bible before our family moved from Indiana, where we lived, to Florida. And that Bible was used by God later in my life. Her love ministered to me, but she never even realized what an impact she had in an eight- and nine-year-old girl that changed my life. Because, you know, when I was a little girl, I walked to church. No one in my family went to church, and I asked my mom, can I walk? Church wasn't too far, and I went. And then this Sunday school teacher greeted me, and, and before we left, she gave me this Bible. And so that was, you know, part of her legacy still lives on in me. When our family moved to Florida, there was a man my dad worked at, I've mentioned him before, worked, my dad worked for, named Charlie McKnight. And I handed him that little Bible my Sunday school teacher had given me. And inside she had written, while you were here, God has placed you in my care. But as you move on, he will place you in the hands of another. And Charlie McKnight read those words, and God spoke to him and said, you're the one. And he was a spiritual dad to me, like through all of my young, youthful years. He and his wife, Christine, just normal people, loving God. And he was one who was just willing to pour into someone. You know, it's just God, sometimes God is so much more simple than we understand. He, he's not as complicated as, we make, as he, we make him out to be. His plan was simple. You know, just love people. Just give a phone call to someone who needs it. Just send a card. Simple ways to minister have a profound effect, and I am living proof. Um, so I'm thankful for Charlie and Christine McKnight, who they were the ones, and they just stepped up to the plate and had an impact on my life. 
Later, college age, Paul Holiday was a man in our church. He, he liked to joke and kid around, and I liked that. And just his, his wife, Garnet, is a beautiful, wonderful woman and just normal people. And he encouraged me, go to college. I think you should go to Southeastern. Go to Southeastern. You need to go to Southeastern. I mean, honestly, I was a little tired of hearing it. And, and I threw out all my excuses. I can't afford that. My family can't send me. Finally, I listened. God gave me a grant. I went to Southeastern, and my life, again, took a pivotal turn because of one person who was willing to be the one and, and listen to God, heard the voice of God, and kept pushing me forward. So I am thankful for Paul and Garnet Holiday and their influence in my life, people that were just ready to be the one at the right time, and, and God used them in a profound way. So that's what God's called us to do. In building the harvest, the laborers, that's us. They're few. So the Holy Spirit, I believe in this, this time of quarantine, I believe he's dealing with our hearts and, and getting us ready to get out of our houses and to minister to people. Going to the harvest field, even though you know, it, it might be in a very simple way, just encouraging someone. We are called to the harvest. So if we say, Lord, send harvesters, he's going to say, okay, I'm pointing at you and you and you and you. You are the one. And we have to take that personally and take responsibility for that. So we're thinking on unseen eternal things, building the kingdom of God, thinking about the harvest. I believe the other eternal thing that we need to think about is just bringing God glory, just honoring him, loving him, worshiping him in our homes, in our private time, just honoring God. Scripture that I've already read to you, it began talking about, we're not talking about ourselves and our ministry, but we're bringing glory to God. And that's part of the unseen, eternal call of God for each of us, to bring him glory, to love him, to worship him. And I want to bring out a point in these last few verses that I talk about um, of how the enemy will try to bring a counterattack. So if God is trying to get us focused, he's trying to get our eyes on him, what does the enemy try to do? He comes to change our focus. He comes to distract us. He, he comes to throw us off track. And, you know, I am a person that's very easily distracted. My husband could tell you that. Um, I will go to the laundry room to do some laundry, and I'll see, like, maybe the kids' toys in the floor and pick it up and go put it back, and then I forgot that I was in the laundry room ready to do laundry, and before I know it, I'm in the kids' playroom organizing the playroom, totally forgot about doing laundry, totally forgot about even going to the laundry. So uh, talk about distractions. Yeah, I am so easily distracted. And I want to warn you that the enemy will try to come and distract you and change your focus because that's the trap he sets. He knows he can't tell you, go out and rob a bank, or, but he can day by day try to distract you or try to discourage you, try to get your focus off God. And then he's a, he's a weasel. He tries to just weasel in in that little crack that he's made. And before you know it, that 
toehold becomes a foothold. And so I'm warning you in advance as you are trying to keep your eyes fixed on God and his kingdom and his harvest and bringing him glory, the enemy will try to get you off focus. So be warned and be ready and be, be full of the Holy Spirit and he will help you uh, when the enemy comes in and tries to throw a wrench into the plan of God. Second Chronicles, uh, Corinthians 4, 17. I'm going to back up. So I'm starting with 18 and I'm going back to 17. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. It says, For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is evermore and abundantly preparing, producing, and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all the comparisons and all the calculations, and a vast transcendent glory of blessedness never to cease. Wow, that's a mouthful right there. So when we go back to the beginning of this verse, our light momentary affliction, the Amplified says the slight distress of the passing hour. And that's why I used this version of scripture because this is where we are. We are in a slight distressful hour. Everyone feels it. The world feels it. Stress, pressure, anxiety. That's the attack of the enemy. That's where he's trying to come in and get our focus off of God. He's trying to distract our eyes from being fixed on God, his kingdom, and the unseen things. Um, but the Lord knows how to turn it around. And during this momentary affliction, God has a plan. He has an agenda. He is preparing us. He is producing things, good things in us. He is achieving an everlasting weight of glory within us. So that's the unseen realm right there. That's what's happening. So the enemy has this plan to attack the world with a sickness like is happening. But God, God is just amazing. And I think of a, son, a word my youngest son used when he was four years old. He was right up here preaching in a microphone and we were recording. He didn't know. And he's like, and you've got to love God. And if you don't love God, you're going to go to hell. And you don't want to go to hell. And then he starts talking about God. And he says, because God is fasual. I'll never forget that word. My translation for that word would be like, beyond what we can even express, he's fabulous. He's unusual. He's not like us. He's wonderful, magnificent, marvelous. He's fasual. That kind of God is the God that's at work in you. Even in this distressful time, the slightly distressful time of this hour, God is at work in us while we're shut in. He's working. Isn't that amazing? God just amazes me how he can work. He's preparing things in me. He's producing goodness in me, in you. He is achieving an everlasting weight of glory in you. Why? Why would he do something like that? Because his focus is not our focus. His focus is not on the seen, on this earth, on the temporary. His focus is the unseen. And so 
His focus is preparing his bride and getting us ready. His focus is the harvest, and he's working on us as we're shut in. We're in this temporary season of affliction. A season has a beginning, and a season has an end. And we're going to come out of this season. But when we come out of it, how will we come out of it? Are we going to come out of this season just like we went into it? Or are we going to come out of this season worse than we went into it, like all stressed out and our faith is low and we're discouraged and we're depressed? No, not if our eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ, not if our eyes are fixed on his agenda, on the unseen things. When we're focused on him, he's preparing us during this time. He's producing good things in us, and he's achieving much in us during this time. This season is going to end. And during this time of preparation, God is preparing harvesters, people that will go, people that will be the one, people that will love, people that will encourage, people that will share a simple message, people that will just share their story, their testimony. Many of you that are watching today, you're not called to the pulpit. You're not called to the big coliseums or the big places of event. You're called day to day to minister to the people you work with, the people that you come in contact with, the people that you shop with, even if it's a six-foot difference between you. You're called to the simple ministry of loving people, of sharing your testimony, of being maybe the only God they will ever see. God is preparing you, he's working in you, and he's producing awesome things in your life. We're going to back up to the next previous verse. Verse 16, I'm trying not to use these glasses, this is why I keep holding them. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, the Amplified says, Therefore we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. So this is what God is doing during this time of quarantine, I believe, that he is doing something in the inner man. He is ministering to the inner being. You know, the outside, well, you know, we're all getting older. Um, You know, I have one of those big birthdays this year, so I see it. When I look in the mirror, I can see, yeah, the old gray horse ain't what she used to be. But yet, on the inside, the inner man is alive. The inner man is communicating with God. The inner man is strong. And that renewing day by day, well, you have a part in that. That's not just something God's just going to zap you day by day and give you this inner strength and everything you need. No, that comes from you focusing in on God, seeking his face, seeking his word, listening to his voice. And that communion with God is producing in you strength day by day. Now, this scripture also tells us what's happening to some people, even, unfortunately, some believers They're utterly spiritless. They're exhausted and wearied out. This is what the Amplified says. 
They're wearied out through fear. Well, that's the enemy's agenda. And hey, let's face it. We're all wearied out at some time or another. So just because you're feeling weary, maybe even while you're listening to this, I'm not saying, you know, you're not a godly person and God's not using you. No, I'm saying you are human. We all are human and we face the attacks of the enemy, but God is renewing you. You're not going to stay weary. You're not going to stay exhausted and spiritless. God will renew you if you're seeking his face. So it also tells us how to pray for others, people in the world that don't know Christ. Can you imagine, like, living through this time, this season, not knowing the strength of Jesus Christ, not knowing the power of his Holy Spirit? Those are the people we're called to. Those are the people we're called to minister to, reach out to. Those are the people in the harvest that we are called to. We're called to go to them and give away the goodness of God that he has been preparing in you, producing in you. And so when we come out of this time, we're going to find the church strengthened because individually we are strengthened. We are stronger than when we went into this time of quarantine. And I believe, I believe with all my heart, there's going to be a fire of God that's in us. The fire of God is going to be raging. I believe it. We are experiencing it personally. In church, it's time to let the fire of God flood out of you. The fire is not meant to stay contained. Fire will not be contained. If this building caught on fire, it would not be contained in this room unless the firemen got here really quickly. Fire cannot be contained. And church, I feel like that's what God's doing, setting us on fire, that we will not be contained any longer within the four walls of the church, but we will spread like wildfire, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to a world that needs us. Those hopeless, spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out people, they need what you have. I want to read John 10 10 I'm going to read it in in the passion it says a thief has only one thing in mind he wants to steal some versions say kill this one says slaughter and destroy but I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow in so many scriptures that I have read through in studying for this message, the word overflow, overflow, overflow was in there. And I believe that God is pouring into us so that we will begin to overflow to the world. That's what he's calling us to do. Now I'm going to back up all the way to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. I'm going to read from the Passion Bible because I love what it says. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours, which means God receives all the glory. No man will rob his glory. So it's another working of the Holy Spirit in us during this time of quarantine and shut-in that we Little clay jars, I mean, it's like this. We're just the containers of the power of God, but what's inside? This glorious treasure is within us. So 
in my notes, I draw pictures, and I have a pot just like this, and I just have light coming out of that pot because during this time and every day, if you will be filled, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with his glorious treasure because we can't go to the harvest, we can't go to those hopeless, helpless people if we have nothing to give. The Holy Spirit is filling us with glorious treasure so that the extraordinary overflow of power will come out of us. That's what the world needs. They don't need a dead church. They don't need a dead sermon. They don't need dead, the walking dead people to minister to them. They need life. They need power. They need the overflow of the Holy Spirit that's happening in you in these days that we're shut in. They need that. They are going to latch onto it, I believe, with all my heart. When we come out of this season of quarantine, people that you know, that you work with, that you rub shoulders with, or maybe not anymore, but that you know, they are going to be hungry, I think starving, for the extraordinary power of God. So it's not this shell, you know, the, the previous verse talked about, you know, this body's decaying, well, obviously, but what's going on in the inside, that's where it's at. That's where the life is. So it's not about our outer shell. It's not about our beauty or lack of it, but it's about what is inside the vessel. You are the vessel. And during this time, the Holy Spirit is filling you, preparing you, vessel, some vessels have been broken. Some vessels feel like they are so split open. They couldn't hold anything in there if they tried. But God is a restorer, a redeemer. He knows how to put that vessel he created in the first place, put it back together, and pour his treasure in it. I look at it like this. Like, if God thinks I'm okay enough for him to pour his glorious treasure in me, I must be okay. But I have to welcome that and say, okay, God, here I am, a vessel, sometimes a broken vessel. Pour into me your treasure. Pour into me some kind of life so that when we are in the world, we are giving it away. Like, it's spontaneous. We can't even not do it. It just comes out of us. That's what I'm praying for in this time when quarantine is all over for all of us. It is for some or starting to be over, but not for all of us, not here in Palm Beach County, but when quarantine is over, that it will just spew out of us the love of God, the healing power of God, most of all, salvation. Just by telling your story, just let it flow out of you because you are a vessel with glorious treasure inside of you. The enemy's strategy here is going to be try to belittle you and try to discredit you and say, oh, you're not all that, or you did this, and all those little lies that he attacks your minds and our minds and my mind with, and try to just stop you, make you freeze. But we know in advance that he's just trying to hold you back, so we're going to just continue. And as the scripture said when I read it at the very beginning, this is why we don't give up. This is why we don't quit. Because God has been pouring into us and he continually pours into us so that we will not be belittled, so that we will be empowered, that we will have the overflow. Overflow means deluge, fresh, flash, 
flood, uh, propulsion, spill over, flooding over. So this is my desire personally for me, that the Holy Spirit will just, one, one amplified, I think it was the amplified, it says bubbling up, bubbling up and spilling over out of us. This is what I'm asking God for me personally and, I, and I'm asking it for you, too, that, that you will have that treasure, that it will overflow, that we will focus on what ca- God has caused us to focus on, the unseen things, the, the kingdom of God, souls, the harvest, and that in the meantime, we will be experiencing the supernatural power of God, that we would be willing to be the one, be the one, be the one willing to encourage someone to go to college. I mean, how simple is that? If I had not gone to Southeastern College, I would not have met my husband. I would not have the children I have. I mean, think about how profound one little encouragement, you need to go to Southeastern. How simple that encouragement seems. But on my life, it had a profound effect. It literally changed my life. And As you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he's going to put those little nuggets in your heart to give you, to encourage, to overflow into others and encourage them, and you just might change a life. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be changing lives because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that God who is casual, is flowing in and through you. Isn't that, for me, it's an exciting thing, just thinking of of that power. I just feel like, you know, we were plugged into a light socket before, but now we're just plugged into an energy source that's just just filling us and shocking us out of our comfort zones, myself included, and overflowing to whomever he calls you to overflow to. It's not a big, huge job. It might not be a big, huge stadium, but to that one person, it's a big deal. It reminds me of the story of the little boy who was on the coast of the ocean, and he's just throwing in starfish that had beached up on on the shore, and he's throwing it in. I, I have one here, like this one is not a little one, but you know, he's just tossing them in, tossing these little starfish that had beached themselves back into the water, and this man walked up to him, and he's like, son, what are you doing there? And he's like, well, I'm throwing these back in the water. And he said, you know, do you see all the starfish that have beached themselves? It's not going to matter what you're doing. And the little boy picked up the one, and he tossed it, and he said, it matters to this one. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of ministry I'm talking about, the one-on-one just individually overflowing to the world and being the one being the one. It matters to the one. I know for sure because I'm one of them. You may feel inadequate and maybe other things, but understand the Holy Spirit is filling you with a glorious treasure. He says you're worth it because he makes you worth it. I'm just encouraging you, especially you moms out there, to listen to the Holy Spirit. I know moms don't have a lot of time. Dads don't either. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, for me as a mom, my brain is always flooded. Like I feel at the end of the day, I have no brain space left. But still yet, God knows how to minister to me one-on-one to give me what I need 
even though, you know, the whole world is going crazy, God knows how to minister to you. He knows how to fill you, flood you, prepare you so that you can give away to the world that's hopeless and they need what you have. So let's just pray that the Holy Spirit will stir something in you, in your heart, and that when you leave this time of quarantine, as some of you in some places already are beginning to, that you will feel that fire of God, that overflow, and that God will send you to the harvest. Father God, we love you and we honor your mighty power name, powerful name. And we thank you, Lord, that for some reason you entrust us with your glorious treasure. I don't even understand it, Lord, how you can put your treasure in me, but thank you that you do. And I pray, Lord, that you will empower us all to give your treasure away. Lord, that when we have an opportunity to minister in whatever way you call us to, that we can touch a life one by one, ministering to the one, that we will be the one called to the one, and Lord, that's how your spiritual multiplication happens. We love you and we bless you. I pray, Father, for a special blessing over the mothers during this weekend. Father God, I ask you to pour in your strength, pour in your life to them, and bless them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. God bless you all.